0: Hi there, I'm Christine Bentley and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. We have an absolutely great show for you today, and we're kicking things off talking to Andrea Dross. She's the manager of wildlife care at the Toronto Zoo. It's hard to believe, actually, that the zoo first opened its doors 45 years ago. That's actually August of 1974. So we're going to talk to Andrea about exactly what she does there and about some of the exciting programs and events that are coming up this winter. Um, True favorite of mine is the Toronto Zoo. One of the other things that's really good that you may want to book is 14 years after its Toronto premiere, Trout Stanley is back at the Factory Theatre, Main Space in Toronto. For the first time, this is with an all-black cast. Now, the show is a dark comedy that follows twin sisters Sugar and Grace. It's their 30th birthday. And along with the tragic memory of their parents' deaths, the date seems to be extra cursed. Uh, Shakura Dixon stars as Sugar, and she's going to be here to tell us more about the show. And this is a little bit cultish for some people. They loved it when it was here, and they will love to go back and see it again. And for me, I, I didn't see it the first time, but I think I'm going to go back and see this. But anyway, lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is here. And of course, Lena's always at the forefront of everything. And she has five things to ask your doctor if you're considering facial fillers. Yes, I said facial fillers. Nothing wrong with that, ladies. Absolutely nothing. Or men, for that matter. And we are going to have the latest movie and TV reviews with film critic Ann Brody. This weekend, Tim Miller's Terminator Dark Fate picks up after 1991's Terminator 2: Judgment Day, and it reunites Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Anne spoke with Tim Miller about the film. So stay tuned for this one. This will be a great interview. Don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and download our free podcast wherever you listen. So let's get started. She said,
1: Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages. And they told me that
2: variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor too.
1: So let's get a a Meridian
2: five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Totally.
3: Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch.
1: Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage.
3: What she said.
2: She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
1: Now, back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
0: It's hard to believe that the Toronto Zoo first opened its doors 45 years ago in August of 1974, and today, there are more than 5,000 animals representing more than 450 species. Joining us now is Andrea Dross. She's the manager of wildlife care. Boy, Alex, we thought we had a cool job, right? <laughs> Welcome to what she said. Oh, thank you very much. This is a job I, th- I have so much respect for. You began your career in nutritional research at, Tor- at the Toronto Zoo in 1991 while going to the University of Guelph for zoology. And a fun fact, you were hired into this role because of how fast you could type. So tell us what made you want to go into zoology.
4: Yes, that's um, absolutely true. I was a fast typer back in my university days. Um, And uh, I was hired in the nutritional area to do data entry. but fortunately, for me, um I was so fast at typing that I got all the got through all the data basically within a month of my four month contract. Oh. so that allowed a little bit of room for me to do other interesting things, which included nutritional studies with uh, green water dragons, which are really neat little lizards. So since then you've worked in various areas of the zoo getting an
0: array of experience working with many diverse collections. You probably have so many
4: stories. What has been a highlight for you? I have too many highlights to give you one. I don't know. Um, I've been a keeper working with naked mole rats for example. They and they're such a fascinating animal. They're an animal that has a social structure like a honeybee hive with yes. a queen, a I queen didn't know mole this. rat, worker mole rats and soldiers. Um, I've also been an animal shipper, moving everything from tiny little tadpoles, Puerto Rican crested toad tadpoles, back to Puerto Rico for release, um, but also moved seven rhinos in my time, and each of those seven rhino transfers were an amazing highlight. Um, yeah, I have. Well, too I remember many the, the transporting member of the elephants when
0: mm. um, I can't remember who it was was going to have them on his reserve. In California, and it was an issue. Yeah. Well, it was difficult. Let's put it that way. It
4: it was difficult. um, Yeah. uh, And uh, to be honest, I wasn't the uh, shipper at the time. No. At the time, I was uh, a supervisor. Yeah, but people don't understand how complicated this is. Yeah, the shipping of animals, especially across international borders. Yeah, that can be extremely complicated. yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, um, you took a brief hiatus at one point where you identified Indonesian wasps by the veins in their wings. And another fun fact, uh, this is where you realized you weren't meant to follow a career working exclusively with microscopes. So what's your favorite part about this job?
4: Yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to get a six-month contract working for the Royal Ontario Museum looking through a microscope day in, day out, and I quickly, uh, quickly saw that that was not the job for me. Um, so one of the best parts about the many jobs that I've held at the Toronto Zoo is how physical the job is. You're up and on site quite a bit with animals, with, with so many people. Um, but in addition to that, there's no two days that are ever the same when you're working at the Toronto Zoo. You're working with live animals, so you're, you're working with what you're presented with that day.
0: Now, you also oversaw the breeding and care of the Black-Footed Ferret Recovery Program. This included raising healthy kits to send to boot camp for
4: eventual release back into the wild. This sounds really cool. Tell people about that. Uh, That program is special to my heart. Um, Black-footed ferrets were declared extinct back in the 80s. We, we thought that they were gone from the earth. And Where do they normally live? Um, North America. Okay. So, okay. Um, they were in Canada at one mm-hmm. point. They were in the States. They The U.S. Fish and Wildlife accidentally found um, black-footed ferrets that they thought were extinct, and they removed those last animals from the wild to start a captive breeding program with, at the time, six different zoos. Um and so, yeah, for five years, I was lucky enough to, to have babies on the ground every year. And some of those babies stayed in the, in the captive breeding mm-hmm. program. Some of them went to, um, to boot camp where um, they get used to being in the wild, but in a safe and closed environment. So they're sort of reintroduced? Very slowly and carefully, yeah. So are black-footed ferrets farther away from extinction now? <laughs> Absolutely, they are. Um, yeah, going from essentially what was yes. zero to um, hundreds in the wild now, and certainly hundreds kept back in the captive breeding population. It's, uh, the Blackfooted Ferret Recovery Program is one of the most uh, successful? successful breeding programs within accredited zoos. What is the
0: Species Survival Plan Program? I mean, I, I think it's one of the most important reasons, from what I understand,
4: um, for the re- relocation of animals. It's a program that was started by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums to help ensure the survival of species in zoos and aquariums. Mm-hmm. Its main mandate is to also support the recovery in the wild. So just like the black-footed ferrets, not all accredited zoos necessarily exhibit the animals like the black-footed ferret, but they do have breeding pop- populations in the back to help with the uh, recovery of the species. But um, yeah, the SSP programs basically um, have accredited zoos working cooperatively together and and moving animals around from different zoos based on uh, the, their genetic diversity. Now, uh
0: The zoo is open 364 days of the year. The only day it's closed is Christmas Day. Let's talk about what's coming up after nightfall at the Toronto Zoo this winter. Everyone is invited to Terra Lumina. Now it's an immersive experience that takes place along a one and a half kilometer walking path that travels into the year 2099 and back. A time when humans and nature
4: have learned to live in harmony. So. Tell us more about that. No more poachers. No, I'm so excited about this program, and partly because my in my animal shipping days, I had lots of reasons to be at the zoo after hours. Right. And the Toronto Zoo in the dark is different than Toronto Zoo in the light. It, I'm really excited about this this Lumina experience. It, it is indeed an experience that incorporates vibrant lighting. Um, multimedia effects, breathtaking video projections, and an original score that is simply enchanting. And its message, just like what you said, is, is a thriving future for our planet. Um, and it, it's not just simply, um, like a holiday lights show of sorts. So this is an experience that you just won't be able to find anywhere else in Southern Ontario, um, But my words cannot do it justice. Uh, I really recommend that everybody check out the Toronto Zoo website, look at the Lumina page, and see a more uh, visual representation of what I've just said. Let me ask you, are you optimistic
0: about the future for animals on this planet? Animals, birds, and fish, I'm, I'm including
4: everybody. I am, I am, because because of people just like you and just like me. Um, there's so many really good people that have animals and and life on this planet as, um, it, it's just so important, and people are so passionate about doing good, doing better than what we have been doing. So I personally am quite optimistic about it, yes. And one thing that I don't think many people realize, uh,
5: I
0: mean, I've had people say to me, oh, zoos, I'm, I'm not in favor of zoos because you know the animals are locked up. What they don't realize is that that's just the front. That isn't what's important. What's really important is what happens behind the scenes. All these programs to save animals, breeding programs, all zoos.
4: I mean, this is a model that has changed significantly in the past
0: hundred years.
4: It has, and we're even continuing to try and change that. We don't want to be hidden anymore. So programs like we have what's called a head starting program for our Blanding turtles, where we grow them up for the first couple of years in captivity. But instead of doing that behind the scenes, we now have an exhibit on site that shows you these animals that are are growing bigger so that by the time we do release them, they're going to be big enough that their survivalship will increase substantially. Uh, where can people
0: go to get more information about the zoo's events and programming calendar and and some of these things that we've talked about? TorontoZoo.com. Um, TorontoZoo.com <laughs> yeah, and it, go to
4: town. Go to the website, there's an events calendar that's yeah. super easy to use. You just look at the day that you're interested in visiting the zoo to see if, if what's going on that day. Or if you want to look specifically at, at events that are happening, we have so many events happening all the time, our brew at the zoo, our um, multiple animal awareness days. Right now even we have a traveling historic exhibit called The Great War in Color, which is at the zoo until uh, Remembrance Day. Um, we're so proud to be hosting this collection of colorized photos as the photos truly have the power to transport us to a time that was so poignant that we must remember. Yeah. So.
0: Well, Andrea, fascinating stuff. All of this and really touches my heart, as you know. But thank you so much for joining us today, and it's... I hope everyone gets to go to the zoo and and uh, see what's really going on there.
4: Oh, no, very good. It's been a pleasure for me. Thank you. What
1: what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back.
0: tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's Laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID.
4: Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favourites plus signature cocktails every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco. What she said.
2: She's powerful wonderful honest and. Lovable.
1: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
0: After its Toronto premiere, Trout Stanley is back, and for the first time, with an all-black cast. So joining us now to tell us more is Shakura Dixon, who stars as Sugar. Welcome to What She says. Hi, thank you for having me. We saw you most recently in Mervish's production of Dear Evan Hansen, and you've been busy in rehearsals with uh, Trout Stanley, which is now on until November 10th, Mm -hmm. at the Factory Theatre, Main Space in Toronto. Now, this show follows twin sisters Sugar and Grace. It's their 30th birthday, and along with the tragic memory of their parents' deaths, the date seems to be extra cursed. So tell us more about totally. the show. These are just teaser
2: lines. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's the two twin sisters, Grace and Sugar, and they're living in northern BC, kind of in the secluded, very woodsy community. Um, And yes, like you said, every birthday, um, Grace finds a dead body of someone who's exactly their age. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about that curse and how that curse is kind of coming back for their birthday. And then also about the mysterious arrival of Trout Stanley. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, hmm. So what is the difference What are the
0: personality differences? Because I have a set of twins, and I can tell you. Oh, yeah. There's quite a dynamic there. (laughs) Um, How are they different?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in that kind of archetypal way, Grace is that powerful, outgoing, confident sister. And Sugar, myself, she's, like, a little more introverted, a little more thoughtful. Um, And, you know, she has this kind of thing where she she can't bring herself to leave the house. So she kind of is inward and very internal, very introverted, whereas her sister is yeah. out, very extroverted. Yeah. Very a little introverted there. is like an understatement. Yeah. She hasn't left the she house in, what, that? So 10 So very years? introverted, I guess, yeah. <laughs>
0: so the yeah. parents died when? <clears throat> 10
2: years ago? Yeah. yeah, on the oh, 20th birthday.
0: It's described as a dark comedy mm-hmm. about love, about loss, and about codependency. And that's what I'm referring to, really, yeah. with the twins. So tell us about your character, Sugar, and mm-hmm. um, and 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 how she reacted, I guess, to the death. Of totally.
2: Um, so I think what's what is really cool about the show is that it switches from being a comedy to being something very dark within a line. Like it's a it's one of those shows that has those elements going on all the time. So sugar is, yes, does have that darkness to her and does have that introverted quality. But she also is playful and fun and has a kind of quirky way of looking at the world so it is this really strange and I feel like the audience kind of feels like am I supposed to be laughing am I you know is it serious you know kind of has this tone where it moves back and forth which is really the kind of joy of the piece
0: so I know there are other many other things going on, mm-hmm. curses and strange men. But mm-hmm. what is the dynamic like between the sisters?
2: Um, I mean, it's still a very loving dynamic, especially with our production. We kind of didn't try and make there be some sort of tension between the sisters necessarily. I mean, there is. There's different layers to their relationship. But it, at the base, it's like about sisterly love is a big theme in our production. They do kind of have this dynamic where because she is out... Grace is out in the world living her life and is kind of this beacon of, like, confidence and light, whereas Sugar is too scared to even leave the house. It does have that kind of different dynamic between the two of them, but they still are very, you know, I mean, they're twins, so they're very connected. Do
0: they need one another?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, And, I mean, in the obvious way, Sugar needs grace because you know she's she's she's, yeah totally and but grace needs sugar in the same way and sugar is very um dedicated she's almost like it's they they develop almost like a husband and wife dynamic in that way like Ah. the classic version of a husband and wife where grace is out at work and sugar's at home cooking and cleaning that kind of thing
0: well of course as you mentioned things get even stranger when an mm-hmm. unexpected guest on a mission mm-hmm. turns up at the twin secluded house in the woods this gets even better <laughs> and all three characters reveal their secrets and have to find a way to move on with their lives.
2: What was the prep like? Yeah, for this role as an actor. Yeah, so I mean the text of the piece is not it's not necessarily realism it's like Claudia Day has this kind of heightened poetic way of writing so we kind of had to tackle that that was probably the first step um, is just kind of breaking down and understanding for ourselves what that text was for us and what it meant to us um, and then was just really figuring it out together it's, it's very interesting being in a show with only three people yeah yeah because so then we really got to buckle down and find all these little details with each other but yeah it is a very text heavy piece so just tackling the language was definitely a big step yeah
0: well speaking of three people the other Mm -hmm. two were Natasha Mumba and Stephen Jackman Torkoff what's the reaction been to the show so far
2: it's been very positive um people kind of they it it is kind of a bizarre piece, kind of like you well, know, because it's, it's yeah, uh,
0: it's dark
2: and light, yeah, really. totally and and it just sits in this place of like you know, as the show starts, you kind of see that you're getting into a into like a bizarre world, um, so it is kind of something where maybe people don't necessarily understand completely what they saw, but they know that they enjoyed it, if that yeah. makes <laughs> sense, and Natasha and Stephen are just so wonderful, so it's uh. Yeah, the reception to that has been great.
0: Now, is there something that playing this character has taught you on a personal level? Yeah. Well, professionally?
2: It, yeah, sure. It's uh, definitely been a challenge. Um, I definitely always play, or I usually play, like, the quirky character, so that wasn't so much of a stretch for me. But our director, Mumbi, she definitely pushed me physically to to find a new character. So I feel when I'm playing Sugar, I'm not myself at all. So this has been a... I think a step forward for me as far as... A stretch. Yeah, a stretch and pushing myself, totally. And personally? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's helped me to find uh, like an introspective quality in myself and kind of like a smallness. I am a pretty extroverted person myself and so kind of exploring that quiet, um, understated person within me was kind of an interesting exploration for sure.
0: What do you hope people take away from this?
2: Um, I hope that they see just some good theater. I think that it's uh, it is an hour and a half of just some really strong work and, and interesting work. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it at the at the heart of it, it's all about like different forms of love. Like yeah. it is a love story and then there's the love between the sisters, and you kind of see how love can be given and how uh, the sacrifices people may need to make for their loved ones so i think yeah. it is at the heart of it is a story about love
0: well turning to you shakura you're mm-hmm. also um a playwright um and um, what's co- and and a graduate of Sheridan's music theater performance program. Yeah. So what's coming up next for you after? This?
2: Um, for me, um, I am taking a much-needed break. I'll be going to visit my mother in Jamaica for a few months. That's usually what I do at Christmas time, um, and then just coming back and getting back on the grind. I'm kind of in like a, you know, as an actor, you go up. Well, in between things, so yeah. that you
0: would be going to Jamaica yeah. for a few months at Christmas in our winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works out pretty well. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Trout Stanley is on now until November 10th at mm-hmm. the Factory Theatre main space, and you can find more information now on factorytheater.ca. Shakura, where can people connect with you online?
2: Um, I'm on Instagram at, at badgalcooks. Badgalcooks. B-A-D-G-A-L-K-O-O-K-S on okay. Instagram. <laughs> and what
0: might they see on your Instagram?
2: Uh a lot of rehearsal stuff and in between stuff and then just my life, my cat. So you're You'll not definitely no see clue that. <laughs> what
0: you have nothing coming up or no, or no you're just not telling us. I
2: mean, well, I have like some things kind of potentially in the works, but uh yeah, I have a I was, you know, kind of on hold for Dear Evan Hansen, so now that it's done, I'm Give us open. a teaser. Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I'm I'll just be writing and getting ready for other stuff that's oh it. really
0: yeah yeah yeah. oh you know what alex i think she's probably going to be in a huge yeah. movie and she's just not saying a thing. i'm
2: starting with brad pitt yeah exactly but see. you will be back
0: you need to promise yeah. on air that you will be back if okay. that happens
2: yeah 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 We're okay i will follow you okay <laughs> totally okay.
0: it was so nice to speak to you and i mm-hmm. hope that uh did you by the way just quickly did you have anybody that saw it 14 years ago that came to see this
2: Yes, actually oh. a really good friend of mine. It's oh. like his favorite play. He oh. just came last night and he liked it. So oh, that's great. I got his seal of approval. Well, thank you so
0: much for joining us today. <laughs> thank you for best me. of luck going forward and say hi to your mom in Jamaica. I will. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting here in the snow.
2: Yes. <laughs> thank you. she
4: said-
1: what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect! Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half calf, half sweet, no foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
2: What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
1: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
0: The fourth annual City Moguls Runway Show is coming up on November 7th in Toronto. And here to tell us all about this fabulous event are City Moguls co founders, Danny Kagan and Victoria Marshman. Welcome to What She Said. Hi,
6: thanks Hi. for having Hi. us. Hi. Thanks for having us.
0: So, City Moguls celebrates entrepreneurs who are leaders in their industries and also make an impact by giving back. Tell us, what was the inspiration
7: behind City Moguls?
6: Mm.
7: It's a great question. Uh, city moguls kind of started out of a need for, we, we wanted to go to an event like this, and it didn't really exist um, four or five years ago. So we said, why don't we do what we do best, put on an event, because we are event planners, mm-hmm. and um, celebrate entrepreneurship in a really meaningful, fun, inspiring way. And so... We thought we could inspire the next generation of leaders to give back through the work of the moguls that we were honoring in the Runway
6: Show. So that's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like Toronto is such a hit hub for entrepreneurs. There's so many people doing incredible things. And we just felt that there wasn't enough recognition for those leaders who are behind all the great companies in you Toronto. You preaching to the converted. <laughs> this is what our show was all about. Yeah. Really
0: talking about what great Canadians yeah. uh, we have and how we sort of Don't like it's you know if we were in another country it would be Mm -hmm. whoa look 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 but here we kind of apologize for it yeah they're kind of
7: flying under the radar exactly Mm -hmm. and we wanted to provide a platform to showcase what they were doing a lot of these people that we honor are building these really innovative creative companies doing something new changing the way we're doing business Mm -hmm. Um, and on top of all of that all of the moguls that we're featuring in our events um, are making time to give back. So who are some of the past moguls?
0: This is year number... Four. 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 Yes. yes.
7: Okay. So we've had people like Michelle Romano from Dragon's Den. She walked our runway last year. Uh, Michael Hyatt from Blue Cat Networks in the tech industry. Uh, uh, Sarah so, Wells, yeah, for- who
6: is an Olympian. She's an Olympic hurdler. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have some like great founders from Canadian-based companies like Lexi Miles from Wax On, which is a huge franchise, so we pick people from all different industries which we really try to pick like a diverse group of industries yeah, so all,
7: all the moguls are nominated um, by the public. So anyone can nominate a mogul. And then they go through a big selection process. And we narrow it down to the top 20, which is like a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Because there's so many people doing so many amazing things. Um, but we're obviously choosing people who are from, again, like a, an array of industries, but are also giving back, whether that's their actual business as a social enterprise or they have a charitable aspect to their company. Mm-hmm. So what's the weighting? The... the innovation of the company or
0: or the innovation of the social enterprise.
6: So we don't we don't actually we have a big committee and board that help us um, go through all of the mogul applications. This year we had over 300 applications. Wow, and you bring it down to 20? Yeah, yeah. it's really hard. <laughs> so I would say I would say n- neither ways more. It really is dependent on like us having a broad um like diverse group of people from all different industries and at also different phases of their entrepreneurial journeys like we like to pick like the up and coming people that we see what they're doing is going to have huge impact one day and then also people like Michelle Ro- Romano who are at the height of their careers right yeah so when so tell us the timeline i'm
0: thinking even for next year it's probably mm-hmm. too late now but yeah. when do you put out the call for
7: nominations yeah, so nominations happen about six months before our events. So our events in November every year. So and about, so where would they find that? On citymoguls.com. They can oh. just go and nominate a mogul online. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get all that, Yeah, and they fill out all the
0: information. And mm-hmm. then how many people do the selection process then? You, mm-hmm. you, you say you have a big board. Yeah, we, yeah. Have
7: a, we have a board of about 10 people, and then we have a committee of 20 to 30 people, and mm-hmm. then wow. our producers and co-founders are three so of So there's us. A,
0: yeah. about 50 people making weighing in on this yeah so, it's yeah. a village yeah it's, it's a little a city moguls village wow. <laughs> community
7: yeah 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 it's so exciting.
0: tell us about the night of the event what mm-hmm. what 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 happens people arrive and
7: yeah so well first of all I mean this all really did start as one event and now mm-hmm. we've built a year-round brand um so the event itself is our big runway show people come there's um you know activations, there's networking and then everyone sits down for a runway show which is really full of entertainment. Victoria and I are ex-competitive dancers mm-hmm. so um, bringing the arts and dance and music into the show is a huge piece
6: mm-hmm. um, especially for um, telling the story of the charity so our um, charity partner this year is Covenant House Toronto mm-hmm. um, we're specifically supporting the mental health programming for their youth um, that's where we're donating proceeds to this year and it is during that show that we really um take a moment to bring awareness to the cause and tell the story of the cause through um various art forms like our dance backgrounds and music and yeah where
0: is it going to be
2: held
6: it's at the toronto event center oh that'll be amazing yeah. yeah
0: so who are some of the moguls this year
7: Ooh. well
6: we haven't released all of them yet <laughs> but um it's just among girls we can, yeah. just, just <laughs> among, we'll us. Stu- we'll, among us we'll give you it's just we'll we'll keep it between your followers yes,
7: we'll let okay. them know yes uh so some of the people we've walking this year include alan lau the founder of wattpad mm-hmm. um who else do we have this year
6: we have um katie Zepieri. she's the founder of girl talk empowerment we know katie you yes know katie well. yes yeah
7: we have uh, sunny verma the founder of tutor bright Yes. Uh, doing amazing work all over Canada. Yeah. yeah. It's so, a really interesting lineup of people. We have Kyle McDonald, the uh, founder of Capitalize for Kids. So, another social enterprise, people doing incredible things mm-hmm. and including charity into their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have yeah. Latoya Fagan, she's a celebrity chef. Wow. Um, yeah, there's. A really cool, diverse group of people this year. We're excited yeah. to see them walk the runway. And they are all paired up with Canadian designers. Now, tell mm-hmm.
0: tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Who, who are we featuring on the runway?
7: Yeah, so uh, during the fashion show, um, all of our moguls come out dressed in Canadian designers. So we pair them up with people uh, like Leslie Hampton, who was actually a mogul in the past. mm mm-hmm. um, we have Hilary McMillan this year. We have Sir Masur,
6: Christopher Bates. Manny Jassal is Mani also a designer. She does amazing work. And she's also a mogul this year. So she'll yeah. be dressing herself, which is yeah. very cool. And so yeah. Awesome. Moguls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah,
7: Yeah. What are you both looking forward to most? Oh, that's a good question. No one asks us that. <laughs> that's really nice. I think for us as event producers like seeing the actual event come together and seeing people inspired like we go to so many events a year where we leave and we you know we say okay that was a really nice event but like what i, I don't know if i learned anything or took something away or i'm inspired to go out and do good or do something new and i think that's what we're most excited about. It's like Mm -hmm. seeing people being like, oh, I really learned something about Covenant House or mental health or about one of your moguls. I want to work for that mogul or I I want want to to... collaborate Mm -hmm. with them and I want to start something with them new. And I think that's the biggest return for us, seeing all those people leave, being inspired and taking something away from the event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were saying earlier that uh, it used to be that this was the only thing, but now you're sort of year round. So what other things do you do?
6: Yeah, it's been a big year of growth for us in Mm -hmm. year four we we really started this as a grassroots community Mm -hmm. event and um We've largely grown out of the need that our community asked for. So we've rolled out a speaker series called Talk the Walk, where we get to actually sit down with our moguls in a smaller, more intimate Mm -hmm. setting and talk about, you know, some of the most important topics in entrepreneurship. And we're really growing our platform on the digital space as well. We're really trying to roll out, you know, educational content from our um, moguls that we feature for our community. So our community keeps asking us for things and we just keep delivering. So we're. That's where the growth's really coming from. So, so
7: where do you see this year ten? Year ten, um, city moguls runway show in different Canadian cities.
6: So hopefully, Montreal, Vancouver, Vancouver. Vancouver. That would be very cool. Calgary. Feature entrepreneurs across the country rather than just in Toronto. There's. We know that there's people doing being champions in their cities all across Canada. So we feel like it's our mission to celebrate to feature all of them yeah <laughs> yeah every, like single, one. every <laughs> single one of them
7: <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that's amazing yeah. yeah yeah it's very exciting are you up for it yeah I think it's like very scary for us because we're entrepreneurs ourselves so we're like oh like this is you know a big yeah. jump for us but I think we're up for the challenge and it's, again it's really rewarding like speaking to these people who are doing amazing things and really not getting recognized so mm-hmm. happy to provide a platform for them so, remind us again the fourth annual
0: City Moguls Runway Show takes place November 7th
7: at, at the Toronto Event at Center. 7 at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. at Toronto Event Center. You can get tickets still online at www.citymoguls.com. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Danny Kagan and Victoria Marshman, you are moguls yourself. You, thank you so much so for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
3: She said
1: what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed-rate mortgages, and they told me that...
2: Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too.
1: So, let's get a...
2: a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. totally! Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch.
1: Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage.
4: Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena.
1: Who
3: knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. It is phenomenal. OMG. (laughs) OMG.
0: Join What She Said weekends and find
4: out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. What she
2: said she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
1: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler
0: now is our amazing lifestyle expert Lena Almeida and today we're going to be talking about our faces. Our faces. I love talking about our faces.
3: <laughs> we look at them every morning when we wake up. This is the face that, you know, God's given us and it's always best I think to put your best face forward. Yes. And can we improve on what's good? God, There's kind of... always a way to improve. <laughs> so it's really strange because I'm 41 now, yeah. and conversations I had 10 years ago with my girlfriends may have been about you know potty training or you know things about our children. But now it's kind of moved over to, oh she looks really good. Do you do you think she's had something yeah. done or her her lips look amazing? Yeah. You know I think she she had yeah. them filled. So these are real conversations now taking place with myself and my girlfriends. And I realized if if we're talking about it, then there's probably a lot of people at different ages talking about well,
0: it. Well, I think everybody's talking about it because our life expectancy now with modern medicine and all kinds of things is going to be so long. We don't want to be that haggard when we get to the
5: finish line.
3: <laughs> you know what? Absolutely, though. I love it. You, What you just said, I never even... Thought of before, but you're absolutely right. Now we have the expectation that we are going to live longer, and yeah, you know, we're not dying at no, 41. No, and we want to look amazing. No, we're, go- <laughs> we're going into just you know, step two. <laughs> yeah, so I actually bit the bullet. I visited a cosmetic dermatologist, and it was Dr. Rosen at Dermetics in Burlington to inquire about facial fillers and specifically Juvederm. So Juvederm is a hyaluronic acid filler and it's actually, so hyaluronic acid is actually naturally, it's a naturally occurring substance in skin known for its ability to attract and hold onto 1000 times its weight in moisture. So I mean, it As an option, I feel like people tend to want to go for a more natural option if they can. So knowing that it naturally occurs in the skin is great. And, I mean, I actually had an incredible experience. So if there are any listeners right now that are at the same point in their lives, I have a few things to ask your doctor if you are considering facial fillers. Okay. Okay. The first is, how long have you been practicing cosmetic dermatology? I mean, it's your face, right? Exactly. reputation matters. So you want to do your research to find a practitioner that has a stellar reputation, a long list of satisfied patients. And make sure that when you do your consultation that you feel comfortable, that it's not rushed, that all of your questions are answered. And most importantly, you want to feel that you're consulting with a doctor and not a salesperson. Because oh yeah truly, absolutely this is your health absolutely. too absolutely yeah I would also ask if the doctor is trained in M D coats. So what are MD Coats? They are exclusive to Juvederm products and basically they're developed to strategically combine the different injection sites to achieve direct and indirect effects, giving volume and structure to the face, rather than just trying to do that quick fix. So, you know, gone are the days where it's like, I've got a little line here, let's just fix that one line because we want to pay attention to what else is going on yep. in the face. Is your exactly. smile still natural or, you yep. know, are you still emoting? So I actually watched it live demonstration of Juvederm using MD codes uh, by Dr. Mauricio De Maio. And he's actually a world-renowned cosmetic dermatologist and the creator of MD codes. So it was great to see that because it set up my expectations for what would happen, you know, if and when I'm ready. And then finally, how soon will I see results and how long will they last? Of course, this is the question that impacts your wallet (laughs) and your time. So it's good to have all the information up front. And generally speaking, results with Juvederm can last anywhere from 9 to 24 months. And that depends on the particular Juvederm filler and the areas treated, as well as the skill of the doctor and your body's own response to the filler. Um, you also want to see if the clinic offers information sessions because many cosmetic clinics can after can actually do sessions where you can chat with a physician, um, you know, learn about the science behind Juvederm treatments, and sometimes see a live demonstration. So I'm quite partial to the Beauty Decoded events. They take place across uh, Canada at cosmetic clinics, and the doctors are. Fully trained in MD codes, and the website to find a beauty decoded event near you is community slash juvenile. That's amazing. Um,
0: so, when are you booked? So, I, I do. Want to <laughs> not say, that, not, I'm mean, yeah. looking at you and I can't, yeah. you don't need anything. Oh,
3: thank you. Well, I felt so great in the hands of Dr. Rosen. I know that. I will be crossing paths with him again soon. Right now, I'm actually on a medication that means I can't have the fillers at the moment. But I'm 100% on board. When When I get the okay, I feel like I'd like to keep my status quo. And yeah, I feel that it is something I would definitely be open to. Well, knowing you, Lena, you're
0: always at the forefront of everything. And just as more and more people are deciding not to do Surgery, Yes. A, and trying more to do something... Less invasive. A little less invasive mm-hmm. and a little le- less costly. And they're not off work for weeks and weeks and weeks. And
3: they can judge... Yeah. And most, know, most importantly, feel your best self inside feel and out. your
0: best self. So where can people go to learn more?
3: Sure. So again, to find a Beauty Decoded event in your area, it's invite.com slash community slash Juvederm. Well,
0: Thanks, Lena, and we're going to talk to you again next weekend. You bet. Thank Bye.
6: you.
1: Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com.
4: Saturday night you see?
0: Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our beloved film critic, Ann Brody. And this weekend, Tim Miller's Terminator Dark Fate picks up after 1991's Terminator 2 Judgment Day, reuniting Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. A
5: real kick for the film's many, many fans. Do you know something, Christine? To see them together again like this, she's as fit as she was in '91 when an Israeli army guy trained her to do the running and the muscles. She looks exactly the 28 same. 28 years later? Yeah. She doesn't look the same, but her power and her muscle, musculature and all of that. And to see her with Arnold, and Arnold is gray now, and he's he's more stoic somehow, more natural. Oh, it just was such a nostalgic thrill. <laughs> so what was the so, film like? Um, it has its weaknesses, but it's, it's, To me, it was a celebration of feminine power because the three leads are female. She has, uh, um, there's a a cyborg human who comes in from the future to um, save this uh, Hispanic girl who is reported to be the mother in the future of a killer Terminator who will save humankind. So... Another Terminator is It's kind of complicated. Yeah. Coming to kill her. Right. So they, they have to travel through time and space and do all these crazy things. And the stunts are amazing. And you know, even though there's all that craziness, there's also moments when you're sitting in Arnold's living room out in the country and you're waiting for the Terminators to come. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It. Yeah. it was it's it's fantastic. Fantastic. It's about women. It's all about women. Very
0: quickly, because we have a lot to cover here, but uh, do you have to have seen the
5: first one? I would. You would. I would. But but does it make sense without
0: maybe not so much. I
5: think you need to see the first one, but the first one is so incredible. Right. Everyone in the world loves it.
0: Now, you actually interviewed Tim Miller about the film, and we're going to play that in just a moment, but something else a lot of people are talking about is The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston <laughs> and Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> and that's an Apple TV+. Plus. What did you
5: think? Well, you know, it's another femtastic film, and the thing is, both Terminator and The Morning Show got low ratings on IMDb, and that always happens when there's a female-centric film or big project, especially if it's sci-fi or something big like the morning show. So Jennifer Aniston plays a morning show host. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Reese Witherspoon plays this feisty reporter who, through a series of uh, strange events, winds up being her co-host, and I've probably given away too much already. It is so fun. It's not a comedy by any stretch. These are not the characters you know from the rom-coms at all. Okay, This is survival of the fittest. It's set in a newsroom that's so fraught with emotion and competition. People's uh, contracts are up, so they're negotiating, and who's good and who isn't. And then Steve Carell, her co-host, he's fired because of sexual misconduct. And if you ask me, the portions where they come on and explain what happened to him when he's gone is almost line for line of the uh, Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb explaining why Matt Lauer isn't there anymore. Right. In fact, online, I've given you that clip as well. Wow. Uh, I've seen
0: trailers. I have to know. What did you think of Harriet? Harriet.
5: There are some problems with it. It's a bit cliche, but I got to tell you something. I love the story, and Cynthia Erivo, the actor, oh, she's British-born. She's won all kinds of awards and in a Grammy, all kinds of stage awards. She's fearsome, and she's playing Harriet Tubman, who was one of the leading figures of the Underground Railroad. And she ran back and forth between Canada and the Deep South, rescuing slaves and taking them to freedom or in Canada or the abolitionist North. Um, it's a bit of a hagiography, but that's okay, because frankly, Harriet Tubman deserves it. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Another fantastic. Yeah, film. fantastic. What about the cave? <laughs> oh, and another fantastic. Oh, really? This is incredible. Yes. So this follows a woman, a Syrian doctor who's li- who's working in this place called the cave. This is a true story. This is a documentary, and the cave is an underground hospital just east, uh, just west of Damascus. So they are constantly being shelled because it's a strategic location by Russians, and by the Syrian regime. So this woman runs this hospital, and the most common ailment of all is babies choking on gravel that the bombs have sent into their throats. It's just heartbreaking. They are constantly being shelled, constantly more bodies coming in. Bloodied babies. Honest to God, it is something else. Oh, dear. And, and, you know, well... Anyway. More happens, too. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Um,
0: There is so much more, and we will... Be able to send everybody to our your blog about Great. all this stuff. But before we go, yes, Tiff Bell Lightbox, the world premiere of the Margaret Atwood. A word after word after a world. A word Award is power. Yes,
5: let's just quickly tell people about that Well, Margaret Atwood. This is a documentary. She's eighty. She's eighty years old, full of beans. She is so tech savvy. Winning awards, it's not funny. Like she's just like on top everywhere. of everywhere. Yep. And of course, the Testaments is 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 out in book form and coming. So, everyone, go
0: to our website and read everything else that uh, Anne has to offer. Uh, we now want to hear your interview with Tim Miller. As you mentioned, Terminator Dark Fate is out now. Let's take a listen, in.
8: Hi, Anne. How are you?
5: Tim, hi. Thank you for joining us on What She Said. We love strong women here, and Linda Hamilton has got to be the definition of a strong woman. <laughs>
8: Absolutely.
5: As a young... Well, actually, you were grown when T2 came out, and I wonder... Yeah, I was 27. It, it just blew everybody away, and it remains top on people's lists of great films of all time. Do you remember the visceral reaction you had to it?
8: Uh, I do, because I just moved to L.A. to be part of the visual effects industry, um, and everything computers were fascinating to me at that time. I was soaking it up like a sponge, um, and I had just moved to L.A., which is the at that time was sort of the mecca of computer-generated uh, visual effects. Yes. And mm. it just made me so excited about being in the industry. I mean, mm-hmm. not only was it a great story, which I love, um, with great characters, which I love, but, uh, but it had this, this cutting-edge visual effects element that really made me excited about the career I'd chosen.
5: Oh wow! Congratulations, that's great. And of course, I, I see references obviously in some of your opening sequences, and in and in this film um, to the original. It's just there's a huge element of nostalgic joy in that to me, and I think a lot oh, of people yeah. will join me on the, in that feeling. Uh, so now you've made a direct sequel almost 30 years later. So how did, how did you feel comfortable bringing that dynamism? I mean, you worked with James Cameron, but just tell me what you went through mentally and emotionally to prepare.
8: You know, having done Deadpool w- with really no experience whatsoever and trusting to <laughs> fate, I, I, I felt very comfortable with being surrounded by this world of people who are extremely talented and professional and don't want you to fail. So they're willing to help. They want to help, and so I just felt really comfortable, you know, stepping in technically to this film that's like three times the size of Deadpool. It's such an honor. I mean,
1: five (laughs) years ago,
8: I hadn't directed anything, so to be doing this, to be given the keys to this particular kingdom is pretty ridiculously crazy. Like, not in anybody's wildest dreams uh, was was this on the table, so I felt a great responsibility, (laughs) but not a lot of fear. I'm pretty confident that... I know the franchise well enough, and as a fan, I'm, I can do the right amount of o- homage uh, to bringing something new to the franchise.
5: Yes, we do bring something new to it, but I will say how wonderful it is to see Linda and Arnold together again. And I love the fact that you let them appear older and be older and still be just as viable. I think that's incredibly important. Yeah,
8: it, it was amazing to have them come back. Um, it was always Linda's story. It was always Sarah Connor's story to me. So um, having her back was key. And you're right. I mean, it's so interesting to see this character and, and to have that much water pass under the bridge gives her a whole new take on that character. She's not the same right. Sarah Connor. She wasn't. Too, N- neither is Arnold,
5: for that matter. No, um, he's quite changed. He, he's he, he's, he's more he's more internal now, which I love on yeah. him. I, he did that in Maggie, and I just was so pleased to see it again. In um, him, he is a great actor, serious or otherwise. You know, something yeah. else that you brought is a deep sense of finality and inevitability, and I think that's what makes the film so exciting. It's almost biblical.
8: Um, yeah, well, you want you want to feel like this dark. Um, time is coming and you want your heroes to have the most stacked against them as you possibly can. <laughs> but the big, the big thing that we uh, kind of said all the time is that even though Sarah changed the future, that Judgment Day is inevitable. The rise of AI is inevitable. And what she did was kick the can down the road. And and in many ways, she made uh, the right choice, but it didn't turn out the way she had hoped. And, and instead of three billion people dying, in, in Grace's future seven billion people died oh my and, God. and including Sarah's son
5: oh yes indeed Wow congratulations Tim honestly this is an historic moment
8: Thank you thank you I'm very thank proud of the movie and so is the cast um, wonderful. We really we really gave it everything and, and we love it and hope people. Love
0: it as much
5: as we do. Great. Best of luck on it.
8: All right. Thank
0: you.
5: Thank you. Bye-bye. That is it for What
0: She Said today. We'll be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk, and don't forget to download our podcast. Just search for What She Said in whatever app you use and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next weekend.
6: Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.